This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, all you BC freaks. This is Neil, the pizza guy. Today's show is sponsored by Harry's. Stop spending too much money on razors. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first purchase, dude. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hey, clowns, this is Matt. And I got to tell you, thank you for being here. Thank you for making this podcast what you have. It's, it's a real treat to be able to do this and to be able to uh, promote our band and our music and everything we do at Bad Christian and to uh, make make some money on it. This has all been really, really good, and, and I had to thank y'all. And so we're going to keep doing more stuff, like we say. So in, in this case, today, I'm going to tell you about Joey. He's got a new podcast. It's called A Pastor With No Answers. And I uh, just launched it, episode one. It's a great show. You can get that by just going to iTunes and searching Pastor With No Answers, or you can get it on our website. Uh, leave him a review. He's doing great. He's in the. He's in. He was number four earlier today on the Christian charts. So I think that's great. Congratulations, Joey. Our guest today is Sherwood. Sherwood is the is the newest addition to the BC music roster. Sherwood's a band we've known for a long time. So Dan Coke, who's been on our show a bunch, she's the singer of Pacific Gold and the lead singer of Sherwood. Nate Henry are on the show. So they're going to hang out with us. We're going to talk about all kind of good stuff. You're going to really enjoy it. Trust me. Their band has a crowdfunding campaign going right now. If you go to backtothesherwood.com, you got to check that out. We're very excited to have such a legendary and big band on our roster. Uh, also, i got an update from a vocal view. They're almost done with their tour. They said they're, you know, ready to come home. They've got a few more dates. Check it out at VocalView.com and continue to pre-order their vinyl and their new record. It's just so good. They've got a new EP coming out. You can go to VocalView.com and pre-order it as so many of you already have. Appreciate it. Uh, three, two, one, Joey hit it. Break it down. One, that was really two, loud. Three, go. <laughs> it's the big Christian podcast. Don't you know? <laughs> right. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, Woo! guys. I'm uh, broadcasting to you live from my new space in my new house. I'm. Uh, this is this is very. You're funny. in space. I'm not in space. I'm in a <laughs> oh, new oh. space. Oh, yeah. My new nude, house is in, a nude in, space. No, I'm not Am in I outer not space. Yeah, my new house is in outer space, and it's like that yeah. restaurant they put on the moon. Like really great food, but no atmosphere. Oh Lord! Oh, Lord. <laughs> the left coast is destroying my friend Matt. What, what I got to tell you is hilarious about this. I sat at my kitchen table because got a big window here, so I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I'm lo- I'm looking straight. Out, I don't have any blinds yet, and so on both houses across from me, I'll take a picture of it and show you. There's a guy that comes out and smokes on his front porch, and he 
whenever he comes out, he's sitting here looking straight at me across the street, and I'm sitting here with a <laughs> microphone looking straight at him. <laughs> and then on the t- right over here to my right, I'm pointing at the guy right now, is a guy on his laptop looking out his window, looking at me in my, looking at my window. <laughs> I just realized that it's pretty awkward here. But I'm loving it. The new neighbor that constantly is talking into the microphone staring at me. Sitting at, at his me. kitchen table staring at me. <laughs> well, Matt, I, I, I don't feel that bad for you, man. I, I mean... I, you, I love where, it. where, where you great. live is is great compared to where Joey and I live right now, my friend. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, I meant un- to tell y'all that. Like it's, uh, you know, it's this is the worst place in the world to live in Seattle. You know, because of all the rain we get. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently Charleston gets a lot more. And South, wait, South Carolina. Yes, that's why general. I left there. It's too rainy. It's unbelievable. I'm not kidding, man. Like seriously. I am basically the, I was the last, mine and Jess's house was the last house before like houses were two, three feet underwater. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Like right outside. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just happened to be at enough of an angle, uh, like, you know, uh, midway in this little incline where the water just kept going and settled down. People on your street got flooded? Oh yeah. Two or three, four or five houses for sure. I mean, it just hit right at this spot. I mean, it's just unbelievable. There's roads falling apart. There's everything. Joey, your place is low lying, isn't it? Uh, well, not, not exactly water where we the garage. Live. We had some water coming in the garage, but I mean, j- a half a mile from our road, there's, there's houses where water came up like six feet. That's the thing about Charleston is you can live far enough away from the marsh to where you're good, but that still means you're a mile from someone that lives right next to the marsh and the marsh just, I mean, the water fills up and it yep. just comes it's in. It's pretty I mean, flat it's, down there. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it it just poured down rain day after day after day. It was just crazy. There, I mean, there's pictures. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the the pictures, but like in Columbia, they got the worst of it. I mean, there there's a street for sure, a picture of it where you could only see the the tops of the cars. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I had to go get Ruby downtown. She goes to school. She goes to elementary school downtown Charleston, and I promise you, there were two times where I was like, I think I'm floating. Yeah. And, oh man. And I was like, I am so glad. Like it just so happened I ended up being able to go pick her up instead of Jess. Jess wouldn't have been able to make it. I don't think she'd have been able to make it. She would have been just it would have been too much. Like I'm not kidding. There were two spots where I was like, Oh, maybe I chose wrong here. Yeah. Not that we'd have been swept away. It's just sitting water on a street. Yeah, but you I can mean, stall your car out. Right, yeah, totally stall my car. And what was so funny, I talked about this on mine and Jess's podcast, but uh, I had to go pick up Ruby. I drove through this giant amount of water, and then I'm st- waiting in the line to pick her up in my car, and my car's just smoking unreal. Oh, boy. <laughs> and the school's, like, really affluent, and, like, all these super nice cars, BMWs, like, super nice trucks and all that stuff, and then there's my 2003 Dodge Caravan <laughs> smoking unreal. That was probably I got the, out, the brakes, I, got, I imagine? I, uh, no, I think it's from the engine being hot, and then there's just so oh, much yeah. water there. Yeah, maybe so. And, uh, and I, then I, I had to make it worse. I checked it and my oil was low, so I just I popped the hood and poured oil into my car waiting At, in while line you're for picking my up your daughter. Yeah, she not old enough, she's not old enough to be embarrassed by Uncle Buck just yet. I know exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> for sure. So anyway, I made it out, but I mean I it, it was crazy, man. I was really like there was times at night where the worst part was when I was watching the Clemson game and my power started flickering. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, that's it. I don't know what to do because where do I go? It's, it's 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And do I chance it? Dude, is I, this I, game worth right. maybe risking my life? Right. And I think the answer would have been, yes. been yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I actually drove, uh, I have direct TV, so the satellite just was in and out. And then I tried the computer and that was in and out. So I was just like, I, I did risk it. It, w- it wasn't a big 
big as a risk that Toby would have taken because where he was positioned, he potentially could have floated away. Whereas I just really had to drive uh, major highways. But I'm telling you, the highway that I drove on, it, it got really bad. And I was thinking, here I am sitting watching the Clemson game, and I was like, I may not be able to make it back home, <laughs> but I got to see this game. Where did you go to watch it? Just past Ron's house. Oh, so, cool. I mean, it's, it's literally five or ten minutes away. Yeah, but. I know. There's a church like a mile from my house that's four or five feet underwater. Like, I mean, it's the church is ruined. Like, it's gone. I mean, it, it really is bad. Like, it's not – I think nobody expected it to be this bad. We thought, oh, we're not getting hit by a hurricane. But, honestly, the flood damage is unreal. We Joey and I were at a, one of the people at our church's house, uh, and it was what – it probably came up two or three inches, four, uh, half a foot in, uh, in their house. So, we just had to go help them rip all the carpet out of their entire house our church went over there and did that and it was just crazy because i was like man their house it didn't even look like it was that low and it was the only one on the street but their house got it and it just covered in water and it's like man it's hitting everywhere. so our, our church is getting our hands dirty man. oh yeah man we're the hands and the feet <laughs> yep. i see i see a lot of that for sure um which isn't bad it's not bad matt think of think of how frustrating that had to be though because this is a lady who her son did the right thing by like I think he digged a trench. I think he put up sandbags, and it just comes to a point where you're like, "There's nothing else I can do. The water is going to come into this house and ruin a bunch of stuff, and there's nothing you can do." It's yeah. Just, oh my gosh, that that feeling has just got to be pretty uh pretty frustrating. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I do like I do like seeing the pictures though. It is entertaining to the rest of us at least. Oh yeah, the the, uh, the really interesting thing is, have y'all heard about uh, what Pat Robertson said? Uh-uh. Oh, oh man, I, I can imagine. Have, can I guess? I yeah, the, let Matt the, guess. The, the, the judge, voice for the voice for Christianity. This is, I mean, he speaks for us three. Yeah, at least got to admit that, right? <laughs> uh, Pat Robertson, back Christian, are probably like one of the same almost. <laughs> We need to try to get him to have a podcast. I would we? love it if he would come on our oh, podcast. He gosh. wouldn't understand it. He couldn't understand. Uh, I don't uh, think. He, what did he uh, say though? Is judgment against the Southeast or South Carolina for what? Let's check it out. Robertson, and this comes from uh, Michelle Wells from our. Uh, she was. I don't think she was intended to be a roving reporter, but uh, it says Robertson was speaking on his Monday morning podcast. Wake up with Jesus. When a caller asked him if he felt that the South Carolina flooding was in any way a message from God, well, you know. That's a mighty fine question. We all know that God's main weapon of choice for the mass culling of the human race is a flood. So, yes, I do think God's hand is at work in the South Carolina. Uh, he said, I may not have been too sure about the Texas flooding earlier this year, but I know for a fact wow. that God was so angry about the Supreme Court's gay marriage decision that he deliberately waited almost four months and then flooded South Carolina as a warning to the rest Weird. of us. <laughs> so he has not, God has not been pissed off at divorce. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and why South Carolina of all places? I know. What are we, I know. Why would he put it on us? I don't. Uh, we probably had the most people against it. I would think. I mean, it's just something. He said. He goes on to say, "Repent, and all of this will go away." I promise you that if we all got together and voted out the liberals who are poisoning our youth and our culture with their feelings and so-called desires to make life better and more fair for everyone, not a single tragedy will befall this great wow. nation. I mean, oh, wow. that guy. I mean, I. I think we all just totally agree. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm right there with him. Man, he said it. He said it, man. For he sure. put himself out there. I mean, if you zoom in farther on that, that's just like saying, well, I mean, you know, I mean, look at Toby and Joey, for instance. They were spared. They're God's people. Right. Right. I mean, except so, for the lady at our church. Right. So yeah. I'm saying she, that's what I'm saying. He must know. I mean, she must actually be really messed up, Joey, clearly. Right. Secretly, right. at least, because punishment. I mean, this is just too much. It's it's the number one thing that makes uh, like just a white 70, 80 year old man just spouting stuff out as fact. He says he knows for a fact. I mean, and, and I mean, what? How could you say that is a lie? That is not fact. I guess you're right. It's not just I mean, it, like it's not just a fact. Weird lie. Yeah, I mean, it's just he said. I mean, God waited patiently for four months to destroy South Carolina. <laughs> he waited till, oh yeah, there was a hurricane. Now I'm going to get them. Wait, they didn't. I mean, if God, if God really was so upset and this is how God deals with stuff, why, let me just guess this. Why not the day the ruling happened, he flooded the Supreme court. Well, we all know, house. we, we know the answer to that. The Supreme court as as they say, is the highest court in the land. It's hard to get the floodwaters up that. That's high. true. You can't do it. You got to do the guy can't get it. High you got to do it in the low country. <laughs> That's all you can get. Well, he, he, Here's the thing though, is, I, I would even be okay with having the opinion of, you know what? God is pouring out his wrath on sin. Don't don't point out a specific sin and say that's what he's doing it for. That just oh, makes yeah. no sense at all. Okay, okay, yeah, God poured out his wrath on the earth. Maybe he's doing it, uh, you know, today, but on a specific sin, that's just so stupid to me. That just doesn't make sense. It, it, I just don't like it because it makes... Christianity looks so stupid. A natural disaster happened, and that's what happens in this realm and reality and with our earth. And so it's not bizarre, or it might not even, honestly, I mean, we, we, we might can learn from it spiritually, but it's just the way our world works. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it's it, it, it's so crazy. Like, even with like the blood moons and stuff like that. I mean, people really do go, "Oh, this blood moon! It means that God's doing this and going to destroy the stock market." I actually know for it a fact be. on that one, though. That one, you know, I, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate to go against what you're saying here, but I do happen to know for a fact that one is for it, the blood moons are caused by ISIS. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, also, I mean, like seriously, it, it it's the same thing as saying, you know what. Satan is attacking us and God is, is pouring out his wrath because we only have a limited amount of fossil fuels and God's going to ruin the world because we only have, a, he's showing us. So the, I mean, like that's just a natural thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, the, there are things that naturally happen that in this world that we get to be a part of. And, and then we always say it's God's wrath when, when we consider it a bad one. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it just, if there was a, a hurricane just in the ocean that dissipated, nobody would say it's God's wrath. But when it hits land and affects humans, oh, and then God's showing his wrath against yeah. somebody. It's well, just silly. Well, hey, why why wouldn't he also say that God sent the shooter to the AME church, downtown Charleston? Well, I mean, the extreme they, version they need, of that is he might do that. Westboro might probably does say yeah. stuff like that. You know? I mean, it's yeah, terrible. You, can't, you just can't make calls on what exactly God's doing. It's just crazy. Hey, this sounds like a conversation that I could have on my new podcast. Oh, yeah, Joey. Yeah. What's your new podcast called, friend? Uh, it's called Eating Pizza Daily. Wow. The <laughs> yep. Daily Pizza. The EPD <laughs> show. <laughs> With Neil. Yeah. Hey, hey. so you guys will get a kick out of this. Hey, man, uh, am I your first guest, 
<laughs> uh, my podcast is currently number five in the religion and spirituality. Wow. And I say, I say my podcast very It loosely. is God pouring his wrath out on this country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, it's me and my brother's podcast, and we have really good guests that actually make it happen. But uh, So, Matt, you are right. We're, we are now in the top 150 podcasts in the world. Right? Wow, good. Joey. Uh, uh, again, yeah. uh, still, you've not made with a name yet. You might. Oh, it's past, pastor with no answers. Very good. Yeah. yeah very some good. people, they just don't like that. There's someone that's already commented on our Bad Christian Facebook saying pathetic just because <laughs> of the title pastor with no answers. Well, congratulations on that. It's exciting oh, to thanks, see your man. stuff going like that. I'm, I'm really glad for it, especially just to see them up there in the charts like that. I love seeing who they're beside and stuff like yeah. that. Now, Matt, you listened to this first episode and you obviously have a friendship with Dan Koch and we all know yep. just how good he is on these uh, types yeah, of he's great. deals and stuff. But Carrie is a very conservative King James only type of uh, guy, super nice. And he loves being on the podcast. And you say he is absolutely the perfect person. I to just be think he's the greatest. Man. I mean, so far, everybody that I've talked to on any of the times that he's been on say stuff like, yeah, the podcast is great. That Kerry guy, though, he's, I mean, he says some weird stuff or whatever. And I think he makes the show great i hope he comes on more and maybe i was thinking you should just find other people that are they're like him and not just to make fun of them or anything but i i think there's something really helpful about seeing somebody uh that's basically if you haven't listened to it what this guy is is very propositional in the in the language he puts forth and he's very proof texty and he yeah. likes to just make points and and it's the kind of thing that you could put put in a speech or a youtube video or a sermon and then go unquestioned and just and move through but when you have yeah. somebody like dan coke on there or you to react yeah. to and go wait that actually sounds crazy or what do you do about this and then he has to face that i think that's really helpful because he says stuff that you're like i've heard people say that all the time i've just never heard anybody challenge that person because the yeah. pastors and the really conservative and fundamentalist people they never really put themselves in a. if you notice that about their media that they make they never really put themselves in much of a, a position to be challenged and so I love hearing that because I think it just it might be more helpful to show, shape people's beliefs by showing them absurd beliefs than yeah. to tell yeah. them good ones, in my opinion. It's, I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, the, the classic moment was at the end when I said, hey, I'm going to ask you guys a yes or no question. And, and uh, here it goes. And I asked each of them if they thought all of the, their the fellow guests and me and my brother were Christians. If, if you think we're all Christians, yes or no. And we got to carry and there was a long pause. <laughs> <laughs> he was not sure. Hey, listen to this. I, I, I haven't told you. And oh, so a uh, shameless plug go to itunes and just type in pastor with no answers and yep, i appreciate right. you guys listening hit subscribe uh, and leave him a review too anyway all right well why don't we uh bring on our guest guys can we can we do that we've been talking for a while yeah let's here. talk to sherwood their campaign's going super well the crowdfunding oh. thing it's already over their goal and yes. uh we're very very excited to have them on part of our roster I also have a note here that the uh aaron lunsford's book is killing so oh Man. Man, well, the reason why is because it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, part of me wants to read it again. I did flip through a couple chapters last week, and I was just reading them. Sometimes Jess and I were in bed at night. I'll read, or she'll read, or something. Like that. I was just going back through some of the stuff that we even talked about on the podcast. She was questioning, asking me some questions. So I just think it's it's such a the good thing about Aaron is he writes in such a, a real way. Like it's this dude. And you know he's a dude, and it's not too crazy, but it's still intelligent. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt, I, 
It's not like, oh, this is just dumb and whatever. It's a really well-written book that's not too hard to read. I'm, I don't know if I'm doing that justice by saying that, but it just, it's a fun read. Yeah, it it's is a real sure. fun read. But I see here that we're, we're going to be we're gonna be selling you know four digits worth of these books, which is pretty crazy for a, a book because a lot of, I know a lot of albums. I mean, it's only been out just a month, but I know a lot of albums don't do that good with artists and new yeah. artists. So he's a new writer on a new medium, on a new publishing thing, and so great success already, and we've got a long way wow. to go with it. So thank you, everybody, for buying. You can go to... Uh, is backchristian.com forward slash backstage to get your copy if you forgot. Just go ahead and yeah. do it now. Totally All right, we'll take a break it. and we'll be back with Dan and Nate from Sherwood. I hadn't talked to Nate in a bit, so it sounds, sounds good. We talked to Dan a lot. Nate's the lead singer, uh, lives in Nashville, so let's hear from those guys in just a second. Hey, Joey. Yo, what's up, Matt? I just got a compliment for the uh, first time I've ever gotten a compliment before on my uh, beard. Somebody noticed <laughs> it at church. This wow. week and said I and I and I told had to tell him I was like it's actually I appreciate that but I, since I don't grow really good facial hair uh, thank you but the problem is I, I look awful I think maybe they were making a joke I don't know I look awful because I've had my Harry's razors boxed up for over two weeks in the <laughs> during the moving process here and I'm going crazy I got to unpack them I'm, I'm afraid if I'm scratching you can hear in the microphone because it's so itchy and my face right. looks so horrible because I don't have access to my Harry's razors I love the Harry's razors and I like them so much that I'm not going out to Walmart I'm not going out to those big box stores to try to buy those expensive razors i've got the best ones in the world they're just under a box that i gotta go pull them out and i'll tell you why i like harry's more than anything is uh from this point on that it there's no trips going to the store anyway. They're just coming. I got the address set up for my new house. They come right to my door. Yep. I don't have to go out there. Plus, they're about half the price of the big branded blades anyway. They ship for free to my doorstep. And, uh, the, you know, if anybody out there ain't got them yet, you got to get the starter set. The thing is crazy. It's $15. Cool, you get a razor, moisturizing, shave cream, and three blades. And it's just... It's a fun purchase. You never think of buying shaving stuff as fun, but getting this package in the mail, it's awesome. Nice packaging. So go to harrys.com and enter coupon code BCPOD at your checkout, and they'll give you $5 off. Mm -hmm. So go to harrys.com, and when you check out, enter BCPOD. They'll give you $5 off. Start start shaving with Harry's, man. It's a crazy uh, to do anything else. Yep, start shaving better today. I love sweets. Yeah. And if I'm going to eat sweets, because I don't, I try to, you know, limit my intake as much as I can. But if I'm going to eat sweets, I want to eat the best. And the best possible chocolate and candy that I have had in my life is from the Fudge Shop. Mm -hmm. They sent us a delicious box of chocolates, and it was all kinds of things in there. I mean, I, it was so cool. And uh, here's what's really neat. They have things like chocolate-covered gummy bears. They have almond butter crunch, which is basically like a toffee covered in chocolate and roasted almonds, which, honestly, man, I can't oh, get dang. enough of those things. And the Fudge Shop was even recently on the Food Network show, Great American Food Finds, which is honestly one of my wife's and I's favorite TV shows. We That's, that's kind of like our cheap date night we end up watching the food network isn't that the best though. toby when you there's some product or something that we have and it's like yep they sponsor our podcast you get to tell your wife yeah. say yep that's why i got those treats from they i know it made me seem so us. cool yeah. it made me seem so cool to my wife this is like the best sponsor we've ever had to her for sure <laughs> so go check out the fudge shop at the fudge that's the fudge shop and shop is spelled s-h-o-p-p-e Dot com and do that right now. The Fudge Shop is giving Bad Christian listeners a free chocolate bar with any order. All you have to do is add your favorite chocolate bar to the shopping cart and enter the promo code Bad Christian at checkout. Again, this is all anybody you know will want for Christmas, 
and even us. Or for Thanksgiving or for Saturday. Yeah. Or if you want to send who you're listening to right now some <laughs> chocolate, please do that. Go to thefudgeshop.com. Well, I'm thrilled yeah. about the Sherwood album, by the way. This is super, super cool. I mean, the, the uh, goal... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this. that I think we were recording this maybe a little bit earlier, but the goal has been reached probably by now, and it's going super good. So congratulations to you guys, and I think you did the right thing by coming back. Was it? Were you th- tempted to not come back? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. It's right great. This is on. This is like yep. this is real life. Yeah. Oh, man. What was the teeter? Were you all thinking about not coming back? Oh, geez. Do we have to have that discussion again, Dan? Yeah, it's fine. Here, I'll summarize it. It's uh, it's more like uh, we have wanted to do it in the abstract. Like it, it doesn't sound not fun to write and record an album with your friends. It's more just been like there have been things that have kept us from being able to do that. And at the beginning, that was more emotional. Like the way that the band ended was not like the best and healthiest ending. Because of the let's, booze. Let's stay there for a minute. The now we've got some material. Yeah. Go. Oh, okay. shit. This okay. gets real. The drugs let's just, and the booze. Let's just start there. I like that. Yeah. There you go for believing yeah. in universalism. I remember Everything I remember Dan one. calling me crying saying, hey, we're not Sherwood anymore. We're sure won't. Sure won't. <laughs> because of the booze. Go ahead, Dan. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think Nate's heard this part of your story. Oh gosh. Yeah, but it was Nate. You know, I'm like, sorry if this is the first time, but we just got to do it to hundreds of thousands of listeners. Go ahead. Uh, we, you know, not to hopefully air too much laundry, but you know, like I think there was some fault spread around. Like I think I was a little short-sighted. I just got married. I was excited about settling down. Our last couple tours having sex for the first boring. time. I know, man. Just open my <laughs> fucking eyes. Um, what is it like to have sex for the first time? Can we go there? What is that like, Dan? <laughs> I, I You've never had that. sex before. You never touched a woman. You kiss for the first time, and then you <laughs> go ahead. Can't we all answer that question? <laughs> Comedy of I can't because I've, I've had unbelievable amount. <laughs> Just kidding, Dan. Uh, anyway, so. We uh, it was a little bit of that I think so. The first obstacle was was emotional, and no, I think it took seriously us some though, what's the circumstance of Sherwood breaking up though? What was it specifically? Man, I'm sorry, Dan, that you can't get one sentence. There was out. a there was a great documentary out that said who killed the electric car, and I feel like we could have made a documentary who killed Sherwood. It was like you could have made a documentary about it. It was there's like a million reasons why the band ended, but. Probably, I think our biggest mistake was we put all our stock in MySpace, and when mm-hmm. MySpace died, we kind of like went down with the ship, you know? Because yeah. we could communicate with our fans instantly for like three years. Like there was, we had the best yeah. communication tool ever. You and then all of a sudden, send out a message like, and everybody gets it. Yep. Yeah. So we we kind of put too much stock in MySpace. I think that was our biggest problem i remember before you signed to my space talking that over and thinking what are the pros what are the cons i mean it turned out there were more cons than pros i guess right is that a regret wait 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 you got to fill me in signed to MySpace. that was a record label yeah so joey essentially we were on warp tour with sherwood in about 2006 right was that 2006 when you were signing yeah Mm -hmm. okay you guys turned me on to sherwood i have one of their albums right okay so here's the situation as i remember it this sets a bit of a historical you know, uh, background, but we'd known Sherwood for a little okay. while. They'd been around since 2000 and probably two or three. We'd seen, we'd seen them when they were, uh, 
just getting going when we were in Southern California and stuff like that. So they were on Warp Tour with us at this time, coming up, getting big. They already had an album, and at least, and they were MySpace. The website was just growing and growing, the biggest thing in the world. And they huge. wanted to start a yeah. record label. So they had some other artists that were already on it. And th- and Sherwood would have been one of the earlier or first or only <laughs> bands that I guess would be relative to our scene to, uh, right. to join. So it was very non-traditional. But on the other hand, they have so much sway, so much power, and so much more money than a regular old indie record label would. And the power right. to communicate with everybody. So the big attractive thing there was... Millions and mil- how many billion people were on MySpace? Like three hundred million, probably, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was unreal. Like and so, yeah. and so, if the owner of MySpace Records wants to send every- three hundred million people a message, say, "Listen to Sherwood," click done. Right. So, no other right. label has that power and ability. So that was like what we were right. talking through at the time. And I remember Dan and Nate saying, "Well, this would be good. This would be the pros. This would be cons, whatever." So, do you yeah. regret having done that? Signed to MySpace. You think we didn't Dude, advise you, know, you actually- strong enough to not do it? <laughs> no, you know, actually, I remember. A- phone call that i had with chad johnson and brandon ebel from tooth and nail and nate i don't remember if you were on this call or not but it was like i asked brandon i was like so brandon why do you think we shouldn't sign with myspace and we should sign with tooth and nail and his response was awesome it was just like uh all i know is it's like a guy who's got a website <laughs> that was like he, that was his counter argument. That Some was his counter argument. And you're gonna sign to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I mean, I guess in the end, it didn't, he ended up kind of being right. I mean, if you could say in the end, like when our last album came out, Q, it was just like a guy with a website at that point, and it didn't, and no one went to that website anymore. Or not nearly as many people did. So it was. Wow. We don't regret it. I wouldn't say I don't regret it personally because that label. Got us on tour with Reliant K, Motion City Soundtrack, Academy Is. It sent us to Japan. They sent us to Europe three times. Like it, it, it was a huge help for our career. But it was a really shitty ship to be attached to after it was sinking. Yeah. And that's what happened when Q came out in 2009. Is they did everything the same, and one tenth as many people found out about it. And Maybe worse, we had trained all of our actual fans. You don't need to be on our email list. You don't need to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You just get everything in your MySpace inbox, and you're going to see it no matter what. So you don't need to make an effort to hear from us. And then when that format's gone, they don't hear from us anymore. So, and if back to the breakup, so picture this. 2009, that record comes out. It doesn't do as well. It does chart on Billboard, but that's just because we had a great like Amazon promotion going on back when Amazon was doing like the three dollar albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it charted like number 91 on the Billboard uh, 200, which was awesome. Um, but then fast forward a year later, and like all the tours are doing worse. Uh, there are fewer people coming out to see us play. Our managers, who co-managed us at the time, both quit on the same day. And our booking our, agent. Our booking agent quits. And our record label, basically, we know it doesn't. We know it's not going to exist general manager right. for another one. Yeah, quit. General manager quits, and we know we could see the writing on the wall at this point. It's 2010, yeah. and so we're sitting there going, "Your laptop died. My laptop died. <laughs> I got. Same day. I got. A, guys, I got a really bad cold." I'm sniffling. I got a bad cold. <laughs> Things can't get worse. Gain, you know, we, realize you gained five pounds. <laughs> more like 25. Anyway, but we're uh, 
we're sitting there going, I mean, this is the moment at which we have to decide, do we double down? And basically some band members wanted to double down and go for it. And other band members, including myself, weren't up for that. Uh-huh. And that basically was how it ended. And it, it was a bit more with a whimper. And it was it was tough. It was emotionally tough for each of us for various reasons. And that was like the first hurdle to overcome was like, can we get over the emotional frustration of how that ended? And then... So we did like a maybe a. But year we were or like ago. a working class band. Like we were like the band that all we knew how to do was tour. So we had to kind of get smart. Like okay, let's try to re you know think how we are a band, and mm-hmm. that was hard to do too. It's like let's stay home and write songs. Well, what do we do? Hmm. So what? Sorry, Nate's going out there. Oh, Nate's going. So there was <laughs> Nate has gone down the wormhole, my friend. Nate. Let's keep on Nate with just it. fell down. He I understand why the rest of Sherwood like, dropped wow. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't work with a guy that talked that slow. He bought an off he, he bought an off brand of auto tune that's clearly not as good. And it that, took uh, fucking forever to get anything done. It's unbelievable. Hey, I got this new song. What show you guys? Okay, Nate, you're back. Sorry, there. We're making fun of you specifically. Is what we've chosen to do. Yeah, that was the course we took while you dropped off. So, Nate, were you one of the guys that wanted the band to end, or you wanted to keep going? At that point, I didn't know it was like being it was like being in a relationship with someone uh-huh. for a long time and you don't know should we get married or break up my my answer was in my heart was like probably break up but i but it like just hurt too much to say that you know yeah so. yeah i i totally understand that but what are the what are the things that led to getting back together has it just been a dormant wish for y'all that you would get back together at some point and it finally I mean, materialized what what put you over the hump because i know everybody that's broken up especially in this era of comebacks and nostalgia and reunions everybody yeah. anybody that's in any local band that even played five shows and broke up in 2002 are <laughs> they're on a text thread with each other saying is it time for a comeback for sure yeah, right. but yeah. for you guys what was it i mean what was the thing that put you over the hump and said let's do it well Nate, why don't you gosh. say what it was for you and then i can kind of say what it was for me nice plan dan yeah good plan oh man i i, I don't i wish i had a better answer i mean it's 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 kind of like sort of unknown i mean in my mind, it's just something you can't get over. Like, why do bands keep coming back and putting out records, even if they didn't have the biggest mm-hmm. success career ever? I don't know. Um, part of me felt like I didn't have to do it anymore. I just kind of wanted to. And I think that was that might sound super silly but uh, or simple, but I don't feel like it's connected to my ego as much. Like, married, have kids, I'm pretty happy now and i don't really care how many followers i have or how many people you know what i mean like yep. it's just i miss playing and singing and that was something i felt like i did pretty well and i enjoyed our fans we had really cool fans they didn't they weren't the type of people who i was like oh i just don't want to ever go there again you know or deal with those people again or whatever so how i think when i want sorry go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say dan how about you uh, well, for me, yeah, I think that 
um, you know, I've been really fortunate in the time since the band ended. Uh, I eventually kind of found a job that I really enjoy and um, stripping, been stripping. Yep, stripping paint from old walls <laughs> and, re- and repainting with acetone. Uh, no, but so for me it was like old homes. That's awesome. For, for me it was like, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm pretty fulfilled. Like I'm enjoying my job. Like I too am married and just like like living in a city and um, not being on the road and just kind of having a regular life and getting more involved the church and you know just like the things that most people do in their 20s like we didn't really do until our 30s and uh but the the change for me was when i felt like nate nate was kind of getting nate was getting more into it and he was like hey we should really do this man and i was like i thought about it and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try this and i i sat down for the first time in like many years to try and write sherwood songs which i hadn't done I hadn't written like just pop rock songs for probably four years uh, with any kind of seriousness. And for me, I felt like in two weeks, like, well, actually in two weeks, I wrote half of the, the starts of half of the new record came out in a two week period, just came kind of pouring out of me. And Nate and I had been talking pretty regularly for a few months at that point about life and like what we're learning and what we're thinking about. And Nate would call me up and we'd talk about universalism or pastors or the Bible and, and just like where we had come as people as we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. And we, we just really were in a very similar place. And so a lot of the songs are really a, about those kind of things. And so it felt like, ah, I just like had all this stuff like ready to come out. And so once I started writing, I was like, okay, this is like, I'm, I'm for sure in. I really want to do this. I'm really happy with where these songs are going. I'm really happy with the songs that Nate is bringing to the table. Like we should just totally do it because we actually have this, we have the content, we have the songs now. So that was the turning point for me. I had thought about it a few times because it'd be fun to do stuff with my friends again. But what put me over the edge was like actually being super stoked on a bunch of the songs. I would have done it just based on that video alone. If Nate had made Nate, that video is tremendous. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I don't know. That came later, though. Yeah, if everybody haven't seen it yet, I think that's the uh, that's the funniest thing in the world. It's the the Kickstarter video that they made. Sorry, not Kickstarter. It's on Indiegogo, but the uh, Indiegogo video that Nate made because Nate, you do film and stuff like that as a yeah. career now, right? So it's real, real uh, nice, yeah. nice for to have somebody in the band native that can make a really cool, funny, neat video to. You know, showcase stuff as opposed to the, those ones where people go, here's why we need the money, and then do whatever. But if you hadn't seen that video yet, it's back to the Sherwood. It's like Back to the Future, I imagine, yeah. is what it's a play on. And so go watch that video if you hadn't done it yet. You did all that just yourself, Nate? Yeah, pretty much the tripod and uh, trying to shoo my wife and child out in the backyard like I did just now. <laughs> <laughs> go in the backyard because I need to do these things. Yeah, no, I mean... We sure we did a bunch of these silly videos when we were in our band. We our first video that we released with MySpace when we signed was uh, we redid the Full House intro mm-hmm. in San Francisco, and I think Tom put it on MySpace and it got like a million plays. And wow. Like, wow! So like we would just make we never really took ourselves too seriously, and that was always what kind of made it fun. I, that's one of the things I enjoy, just like making fun of ourselves. So. 
how do you make a video when you're 34 years old about your your band that you started and when you were in college? I don't know. Kind of make fun of yourself, I Just guess. Just do something goofy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so let me ask this. Why, uh, why BC Music? I mean, you guys have so many opportunities just laying there for the taking, and you're choosing BC Music. Yeah, you but, guys could have signed a Friendster, and yeah. here you are with BC Music. <laughs> it's a live journal, I, I live heard, journal yeah. records. Plus, I heard ten, Tinder starting a record label. Y'all didn't want to get with that. Right. You guys Tinder. could have signed a Tumblr. But Why hey, BC? Yeah, all joking aside, though, there are some people that don't want to be associated with the name Bad Christian. Does that bother you guys at all? I mean, Bad Christian, that can be kind of corny. And, and you, you know? can be honest. <laughs> uh, there are so many things that you guys say on a regular basis that I don't want to be associated with. And yeah. What, Here like I Jesus am. is Lord? We get it. <laughs> Here I am, like already associated with you guys, so that seems to be going okay. Uh, no, we, we started talking. We started talking near the beginning of. Well, I guess you guys have been doing the label. Like it's like a year ago, maybe we started yep. talking about it, and. Um, I don't know. It just seems like I've had a good experience with Pacific Gold, uh, which is also a BC music artist, my yep. other band. And it also just like if if Pacific Gold made kind of sense, then Sherwood makes a lot more sense because we're just from that same era. We toured with you guys like yeah. you understand what's going on. And uh, it's uh, way more fun to work with you guys than. Mm-hmm. most other people I could imagine working with. Yeah, that's the idea. People ask all the time, say, what do we need to do to be on your label? And I, I've kind of be like, uh, well, be my friend that like I hang around and ha- already write good music that's good <laughs> that you know, I'm likely to see you at a barbecue. That's your best chance of getting... That's your best shot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you yeah. go to barbecues? Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah, keep Pass it up. up hey, what, what about barbecue? What uh what's that guy's name from Ninety Pound Wuss? Jeff something? Jeff Suffering. Yep, yeah, something. Jeff Betger is his name. He is goes he by still Jeff make- Suffering on a lot of places. Is he still making music? Yes, he's in a band called Dry Bones that's on the lineup volume two. Why do you ask? No, oh, I was just curious. Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> well, here's what I think is is fun for us is that <laughs> I've listened to the lineup too. I didn't know that was him. Well, here's what I think. Going back to Sherwood, because I mean, you know, I don't know what you're where you're headed, Joey. Yeah, where were you headed at? I, Joey's starting a band. I just wanted to know. Oh, cool. Joey's, Joey's really band. hoping that you guys will sign his band to be. I think right. he. I think he makes Solo good artist. music. Uh, and Jeff, I know it's somebody that Matt no Joe with. Joe's going with Jeff Becker his band signed with AOL.com yeah. back in 1983 <laughs> <laughs> yeah we only know how to sign with websites so actually we're before the album comes out we're doing an EP with pets.com records so <laughs> pretty excited about that that would be awesome if like when y'all started the band you're like hey no matter what we only sign with websites. Yeah. No matter what, that is it. You, you know still I remain mean? committed to uh, not signing with anybody who has any real mu- label <laughs> experiences. You guys are hardcore <laughs> with that for but sure. But you guys go a step further because you don't even actually sign anything. No, we, all, I, I we also aren't. You are still not signed. <laughs> you guys are, <laughs> Sherwood is the most 
cred band ever. Yeah. Like you, you have never deviated from what your mission was. <laughs> your not, mission statement has always been true. Don't we'll, sign, we'll sign to a website, <laughs> no and label. we might not even sign to the website. That's how badass. <laughs> you don't exactly sign to BC Music. It's just kind of. It's like dating and getting married, it's but we're the equivalent of like hang uh, out. hanging with BC. You're hanging out with BC. We're hanging music. out. Yeah, that's well, right. I, it, yeah, on that note. You know? Pacific Gold, Pacific Gold never signed. We don't even have a contract. I mean, it's just no. all handshake. The record's been out for six months. All right, and it's working. It's that great. is, my, uh, oh, that is totally. why I wanted to sign with you guys because I didn't have to sign. No deal. Yeah. That couldn't find a pen. Couldn't find a yeah. pen. So it was it was BC Music or some other label, and the only only option when you can't find a pen is BC Music. That's You're right. just as jaded oh, totally. as we are. That's why we did it. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much jade. Just, like we're, we're, the jade factor is huge. Do you want to put out a record? Yeah. We only have energy just to do that part of it. We can't even send you a contract. Okay, cool. We're on. We're in. Do y'all think with the, you know, if bands are getting back together and there's reunions and stuff like that, and it comes in the wake of deconstructionism or burning it to the ground or destruction of those things, do you guys on this podcast think we're going to see a resurgence in people's faith being grown and built back up because you know that's a lot of what we do is take down stuff and and pick apart stuff that we've been taught or or we're with do you think that the people like us or even people like the bazans and everybody else do you think um do you think there'll be a resurgence in that I and mean, we'll be putting it back together at some point in 10 years from now referencing yes. this time yes joey says yes what does everybody else think I I don't think that's what it's about. I think that's what you're. I think that's what Christians want it to be about, like the revival, you know. Yeah. But man, the things I love about Christianity are typically just feel like kind of a lonely, lonely road. Um, like Dan and I were talking about that movie Calvary that came out last year, and the the movie is amazing, but the character is like this Catholic priest, and he's just getting the crap beat out of him everywhere he goes. And I I I related to that more than anything. Like, I don't I don't know if I relate to the whole revival. Everyone's going to get back in the tent and we're going to sing praises because I I just don't think that's what the gospel's about. I guess you know. Yeah, but, but I think I think exactly what you just described. Many people are agreeing with you, and that's why more people are going to be. So, in other words, I'm not your, talking about more people. Position, I'm talking about us in, individuals. Will we be in a place instead of being skeptical and tearing it down? And why does this even matter? Do you think we'll be referenced the the four of us, five of us, and other people we know like us because we represent a lot of people? Will we be looking back and saying, "Remember back in 2015 when we were just like trashing every doctrine and trying to figure out what mattered"? And but now look at us. We're very straight laced. We're we've got it together. We're cleaner. We have more doctors. Oh, well, we believe you in. did a Stuff horrible like job explaining yourself the first time around. Okay, Carter. I think that I think there could be something like that, but I think that there's a certain sense in which once you go through some doors, you you kind of can't go back through them. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think that, like, for instance, some of our baby boomer parents might be kind of looking on at this generation and go, "Well, like, they're young. Just give them time." Like. They're going to end up at a big suburban church, yep. and and they're going to want to send their kids into the best neighborhood possible for the schools, and like they're yeah. going to end up doing what we have done. I don't think that that's true because I think that we've gone through a few doors. Like once you go through the inerrancy door, for instance, I don't really think it's easy to get back in it. Right. Uh, but you might come to a more Anglican view of Scripture that you find robust. And so I, to answer your question, I think yes, but not in the way, 
not in a full circle kind of a way. I think it will be a change, but I do think that it will settle down for a lot of people who are going through deconstructive and reconstructive periods right now with their like call it evangelical faith or whatever. And so yeah, I, I think agree. That, and, and I think we will look back. I was on just going to say that's be- yeah. That, and that's because I think what all of our faith is heading towards is Jesus. And so I think Jesus is what does eventually come full circle. It's like, okay, because, I mean, my perspective of Jesus now, all the stuff that took me in that direction, that's all changed. But it's still the same the same trajectory, if that makes sense. But that's so, not true for everybody. I mean, look at the people. I mean, we sound, a lot of us... And people in our boat sound like people that wind up not believing in Jesus anymore, though. So yeah. some of them go straight that way, and some of them come back. Some of them have a different... I don't know. I'm just curious. So, yeah, I'm an atheist now. Toby turned atheist <laughs> in the last just 20 in the minutes. Last five minutes. I mean, just, just hearing Dan and Nate talk, I don't believe this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know, sounds crazy, right? Well, I mean, I a talking snake. Good at Y'all that. believe in a talking snake? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, zo- maybe the zombie. Uh, what did they call it? The, yeah, the zombie, zombie Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he's walking around. Okay, oh, Jewish I'm zombie. I'm okay, <laughs> a Jewish zombie is what our faith just is. This like early midlife crisis age too. Mm-hmm. That like you know, like I remember watching Legends of the Fall. I remember when they were they t- oh, talking about how he goes through the bear of his life. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it was the voice more. of the bear inside him. Yeah, but yep. I remember it was yeah, it was like something. It was like the metaphor of like the. I remember him saying something about the getting more quiet or whatever because he kind of withdraws from his family and things. But in a sense, like I've never been more content to be alone than ever. You know, from like when I was in high school until I was thirty years old, I was never alone. Now it's like I'll go weeks with, and I have my family. So in a sense, I'm. I'm not alone still, but it's different. You know, I don't have to go out. I have to, like, entertain myself with people. So there's a lot of, I'm in my head a lot. I'm more alone. Um, I never did that. And those, that, that's been just thinking a lot about a lot of spiritual stuff, hard things that make you feel lonely. And, like, where am I at? What do I believe about all this stuff? So that could just be being 34, 35 years old. I don't know. but See, um, as far as, like, midlife crisis i don't know if i would make that same i don't know if i would make that jump and i and the reason being is it seems like a lot of people that are in a midlife crisis it's like they're making these conscious decisions of well i'm gonna i'm gonna do such and such to make me feel better and i'm gonna buy this and and just kind of change things up where i feel like a lot of the changes in my head when it comes to faith and the bible and all that stuff i i didn't have a choice you know, it's like, okay, well, here is where I'm at right now. And I, 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 it's a lot harder to go through this than, I mean, it'd be way easier for me just to stay exactly where I've been at as a child growing up in youth group and all the way through most of my twenties, you know, mm-hmm. well, I have no idea be, what we're talking about. You know, what might be interesting to talk about here is the fact that we, our bands were on kind of two parallel roads, but they weren't the same. Like we were never on a Christian label. We like, I've heard you guys tell stories about like sneaking a case of beer backstage at the Christian festival. And like, no, we don't have those stories (laughs) because for us, we were always like grandpa Sherwood 
We were like the mature <laughs> band on any tour that we were ever on. It was like, oh, Sherwood. They they say things like my dad says. Like that, like that was always who we were. And even though everybody in the band, I think through the whole career, self-identified as, as Christian. Well, no, we like, were the band that Fat Mike got under oath kicked off the tour to, or basically to implode internally. And Dan's like sitting there telling Fat Mike, hey, you're an idiot because if you're going to talk, if you're going to down, you know, down talk Christianity, here's some better points to use at the Bible study, Fat Mike. Here's a better, or here's a better atheistic argument than the one you're using right you now. Are, you're and buddies Mike, with yeah. Fat Mike, aren't you, Dan? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, we don't talk that much, but but here yeah. we are, like chatting with Fat Mike while he's going on his anti-Christian crusade, and uh, you know, at Warp Tour, and we're just like hanging out, and then we go and record in his studio two months later. So it's just we were always sort of this odd Christian band hanging out with guys like Fat Mike because we didn't really try to you know wear it on our sleeve. It was just Dan talking philosophy and in, in the urinals stall next to the guy and refused or something. I don't know. Um, now you're combining stories, but uh, that's a, that's another story for another time. That's pretty good. But uh, no. So I, what I kind of wonder from you guys though, Matt and Toby is like, what has the effect been on your faith being in this weird scene that has all of these like unwritten rules or written rules? Did that ever make you not want to be Christian because it was so weird or like, you know what I mean? Like we never had that. We didn't have that yeah. kind of thing because we were the weird guys for being Christian amongst all the mainstream right. bands, if anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm well, for sure. think that the more written and unwritten rules and stuff like that on, on you is definitely goes, I mean, works against the faith in a way. I mean, it really does. Cause it's, there's only so much you can take where you go, well, if I must, I believe what I believe, but, these other people that say they believe the same as me are so annoying and crazy. Then what does that mean about me? What is, what could this even mean? And it's very confusing is what I, the way I would put it. I would say for me, yeah, I just, I resented the Christian world quickly, almost instantaneously. Like we, hmm. when we first started, we, uh, we were Christians. And so we would talk about God from stage loosely. I mean, not even, that uh, you know that that forcefully or anything but it got us into like the church market and stuff like that and i almost immediately resented it because it made me first of all feel like the the art that i was creating was fake and that this was for a youth group that didn't give a shit about our music and it was just safe you know what i mean and then a after that even after we moved out of that we we like we made a, a hard decision to not be in that church world i think even after that i still felt like because we were signed to tooth and nail and because we are christians we could never escape anything as opposed to uh wait we're creating art for art's sake and uh, we hope you like it. it there always had to be an attached message you know what i mean like always and, may and maybe that's yeah. every band what does your song mean what you know yeah maybe that's every band but at least for me in my experience i always felt like there was this greater message of a missional group of guys trying to change the world for the Lord, as opposed to, Hey, maybe I am a Christian. Uh, and, and if that happens naturally and organically, great, but hold on. Are, are you telling me that I can't just do my job? Well, you know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody criticizes the plumber who's a Christian, but does it just a kick-ass job of plumbing. 
You know what I mean? Like that, that they, they don't get on to him or, and you don't want to hear the plumber tell you how much Jesus has impacted his life. You want him to fix your leaking faucet or your yeah. toilet, the spraying water. You know what I mean? And so when you, you're a band and you have a microphone, that is the thing that has bothered me the most is that, wait a minute. Yes, of course I'm a Christian, but hold on. I'm a human. I'm a, uh, I try to be, I like being funny. I like sports. I like a, a million different things. And so let's incorporate all these things that God has made me. And maybe I could be a real, a real dude for a minute, as opposed to a, a, uh, a, a message board or, you know, whatever it is for, for Christ. And so I, I actually did struggle with that pretty early on. But I think that like, I think there's something really deep there about musicians like so i went and saw mineral and hum play the other night they played in seattle's like a reunion Ooh, show they had to be Those so are, awesome i'm pretty dated here with the mineral reference but they were like super early emo band from mm-hmm. yeah. mid 90s in texas and the dude like wrote these really kind of painfully spiritual lyrics yeah and totally. for me it was like so inspiring when i was 19 20 21 re- learning to write songs and I'm sitting there at the show, you know, a week ago as a 32-year-old going, like, I find myself really hoping that Chris Simpson from Mineral is still a practicing Christian. And then I catch yeah. myself going, why does it matter? Like, I don't right. know anything about him. I don't, I, he didn't write a book that I am like, that I agree with. It, he's not a teacher in my life. Like, he could be the biggest jackass in the world and it would have no effect on me why is it still so powerful that i want him to be a christian or like why do i just why would i be like so pumped in a very deep part of me if like bazan came back to christianity it's like why would that matter and i i i think about it i don't know the answer but i think there's something about us being it, it helps our plausibility structures, maybe. Or yeah, like it, it helps, helps you feel better about what you believe. Like, doubt. it'd be one more validating that, like, thing. bias confirmation or something like that? Confirmation bias. Yeah, confirmation that. bias would be when you when you interpret oh, yeah. things that he did and say, so see, that that does mean that he's a right. Christian, because I only saw yeah, evidence he did, he I wanted be. to see. All right, here's the thing I'm trying to figure out, though, Dan, is like when you say, okay, with Chris Simpson, for example, that you were like, oh, man, it would be so awesome if he was still a Christian, and uh, which I'm not sure if he ever was with some interviews that I've heard, but that's besides the point. What, what I don't understand is why couldn't it be that Dan, being a Christian, be, believing in Jesus, would not be happy if a fellow human being also believed in the same truth? So if you think it's mm-hmm. the truth, wouldn't you be happy for anybody that believed that that was the truth? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny as you say that, like I, I kind of realize that I don't, I don't even I don't think of it that way, which I don't know if that's a lack of faith on my part or something, but I I think of it almost exclusively as the the potential for the negative of like, well, I look up to this person and he doesn't believe, so maybe everything I believe is bullshit. I think of it it's more of a fear reaction in me, I think, or or maybe a little more positive, it's like it's confirmation mm-hmm. of what I already believe, but it, it maybe I should be thinking of it in terms of, oh, I find it I find it far more fulfilling to follow Christ. I'm glad that you're able to do that too. What? But I think part of part of what worries me though is like even that phrase following Christ like I think I'm so cynical at this point in my life that like if someone says, "Oh yeah, I'm a Christian," like part of me thinks that like 
I might mean something very, very different than they mean by that. And so I don't even necessarily feel confident Mm -hmm. in that kind of a phrase, you know? Yeah, and Joey, to your point there, I bet you if you're looking up on stage and Chris Simpson at the Mineral Concert says something about Jesus on stage, you're going to feel great, whereas the person sitting four rows in front of you notice the cross or their WWJD bracelet on their backpack. You're, you're going to be less like, that's going to have less an effect on you is because the pe- people that you look up to that you think are philosophers and poets and artists and smart and wise and worth your attention and time and following if they believe the same thing you believe, then that takes a load. That's what Dan's saying, I think, is it takes a load off your shoulders. You're like, whew, then it must be safe for me to believe this. It reinforces yeah. that. Whereas somebody that doesn't matter on the street, you go, he might be an idiot. Just or even safe for me to like this. Yeah. yeah. Right? Something, you know happened, I mean? something happened to me this week that I noticed that someone posted the article about how the Pope um, uh, ditched the Washington to go like feed the poor and that he was like this badass and reading that article, I was like happy. Whereas most of the time, yeah. I read I read like modern news about Christianity, I don't feel good. But that made me feel like Coach Taylor. You know, I just wanted to take the football and run wherever it was going. You know, like it was just this. I was like, man, I that's like the first time in a long time some mainstream Christianity thing came out, and I was like, yeah, awesome. You know, the Pope right. blows off the Washington political crap and goes and like feeds homeless people or whatever like that was that was a yeah. feeling i haven't had so like on but that tack matt, matt here's a right matt on that toby, tack. what do y'all think oh yeah okay let's hear I'm you sorry, guys there's say. a delay matt and toby what do you think when you hear someone say hey i've i've recently become a jesus follower well i think the same way with with nate and what um the dan is saying is that i just it, it feels so good to relate to somebody like with the pope for example that he would do that that makes me excited that a christian would do that it would take time from the bullshit and actually do something real or with dan i'm i'm there too where like i feel like man uh somebody that i look up to that wrote songs that mean something to me like i loved the band mineral right. one of the bands that was highly influential in my life if he's a christian whoa i'm not stupid what, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like seriously, like what that that guy believes in Jesus. I must not be an idiot. Oh, oh wow, that's kind of cool for a yeah. second. Hey, the same way as even if if Dave Grohl said, "Man, I drive a Toyota Sienna." You go, yeah. I drive a Toyota Sienna. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Exactly. Hell yeah, I man. Toyota Sienna was the right choice. But I mean, that's kind of cool. It's not. It's not attached to people anymore for me. It's not like this guy's a Christian. This guy's a Christian. It's like that is a Christian thing to do, and that is awesome. And mm-hmm. I. My heart likes that thing because that feels like the truth, you know? Mm. Yeah. Even if the Pope tomorrow did something stupid or totally like not Christian, it wouldn't affect it Mm because I still think the truth is that ideally it would. But you have to think about that, Nate, and also Joey from that point of view. If that if it was really just about other people and you're independently doing whatever and you're just, oh good, another soul for, for Jesus, that's fine. But you have to admit that if everybody you knew and all the people you look up to also stopped believing from some systematic way where by uh, Matt Chandler and John Piper and Toby and the lead pastor at Seacoast and your mentor, if they all in the next six months are no longer Christians and have really good personal reasons why, that also would affect you massively, wouldn't it? Like, you wouldn't just go, oh, yeah, crazy for course. them. I'm glad I still believe. Like, you would, you would, 
you would fundamentally have to go, wait a minute, what's wrong with me that other people don't? I look up to Dave Bazan, he doesn't. What does that mean? I have to deal with that kind of thing. It's, yeah, the, it's right. like hero worship is the yeah. idea, which seems, I guess what we're saying here is he, hero worship, as much as we nobody likes it, is still inevitable, with just this nev- inevitable yeah. part of being a person, right? So here's a question for you guys and for listeners to consider too. And I don't really know what the answer should be to this, but think about this. Two options. First is, you hear that David Bazan has become a Christian again. Second option is you hear that the Bazan family has adopted a family of Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. What are you more excited about? Let Joey answer that one. His family adopted a bunch of Syrian refugees. So he does a Christ-like action that gives a family of four a chance at a life, or yeah. he says, I'm a Christian again. What gets you again. more pumped? <laughs> Good question. I mean, just being honest. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my honest. Uh, Why? Why try unpack it? Why do you think that makes you more pumped? <sighs> well, first of <laughs> all, because I I think that you hate Syrians. First of all, yeah, he's against <laughs> Syrians. Oh, first only of all. only like white people. No, I mean I think that. I think that when it comes to uh, good works and everything and, and all that sort of thing, I, I personally think they're all very much so linked to God doing that stuff through us anyway. So with my eternal perspective, I think everything in this earth is so temporary and finite. And I mean, even even the good things that we do, sure, they're very noteworthy and very valuable, but all that stuff at, at some point is going to be gone. So... I would say partly it's because for sure a soul has been affected uh, in that someone has, has, you know, made a decision to commit their lives to Christ or whatever you want to call it. Um, Whereas with a bunch of kids being adopted, they could all continually say, I don't like Jesus, F Jesus or whatever. So that's a very tangible, eternal thing that's going to happen. I mean, and then second, yeah. secondly, though, from a very shallow perspective, uh, I'm just like, oh, sweet, that's a smart guy. That's one of my favorite people on the earth, and he's a Christian again, period. So I mean, this, I is, really, sec- this is really the story of the Good Samaritan, right? And when you listen to the Good Samaritan story, what, what, what interpretation do you have, Right. The guy going to church steps over the dead body, keeps going, and then basically, you know, the Samaritan man, who's like the Muslim of the day, picks this guy up and takes him and takes care of him. Yeah, but you so, can only take that so far because if you if you read the whole Bible, I mean, it talks about how you know our, our works aren't going to you know get us our salvation. That's only on what Jesus does. So. Well, sure, but I'm just saying, like, that's a very very progressive story. If you if you don't oh, read agree. It, if you don't read it from like what Dan's the question that Dan's asking, I couldn't ever listen to that story till I was probably twenty five, and then someone said it to me in a way that was like, "This is the non Christian guy doing the Christian thing, right?" And I was like, "Yeah," and he's saying this is specifically a question of who gets into heaven, who's the and Jesus says, "Well, who's the neighbor in this story?" It's a very like big thing he's kind of unpacking, but. Until I was 25 years old, I couldn't go, man, I guess the guy who picks up the dead guy is the guy who goes to heaven. I mean, in my mind, Mm -hmm. I said that. I don't know if I believed believed it, but that's the first time in my mind I went, maybe the guy that picks up the dead guy is the guy that 
gets you're, in. You're saying Joey's you know? response to that makes him the guy that steps over the guy. I'm, saying, oh, I'm, I'm asking, is that what, that's what you're saying, Nate? <laughs> no, I'm saying I read it that way my whole life, and I don't think I would read it that way anymore. So Sherwood album release date. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just want to say, I mean, we had to lure them away. They were getting ready to sign to Faith Book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's an actual uh, yeah. website. I looked it up. <laughs> Oh my! We know. I wish you guys would have signed a faith book, and their videos are going to be on. Their videos are going to be on GodTube. Oh, GodTube! Guys, Jeffrey and I always talk about faith book and how it really just sounds like Facebook for somebody with a list. I know it's it's unreal. But see, I didn't know. I didn't know it really existed, and I looked. Facebook would does. Facebook would step over the dead body and keep going. You know Can I, mean? I read one post from Facebook? This just I I don't want to laugh. I don't want to laugh. But it says hi all their servers right now, guys. It, Facebook.com it's actually Facebook.fowc.net. I don't even understand it, but it says hi all. This is like I guess a prayer request is what you do on Facebook. Hi all. This past month has been tough to say the least. My 98-year-old mom is in failing health. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. She can no longer walk. She requires someone with her at all times. The Lord is so faithful and so close. Thank you, Jesus. I I just like, that is hilarious. I mean, like, that's terrible. I'm a terrible Christian. I'm a terrible person. I get it. This woman is just praying, and maybe she's just praying for something to happen so she can move on to the next world. But I mean, yeah, but things have gotten really, really like, bad. Nah, my I'm grandfather's 156. I mean, okay. Failing health at 98 years old, I would say, is the most normal thing. Like that's, there's not, <laughs> there's not anything more normal. Yeah, and I would say maybe that person is like, please help my help, but that's, my help to fail. <laughs> but that was what I was thinking the other day. Everyone was like, all the wildfires were going through California. Everyone's like, pray that the fires don't hit us. I'm like, did the Lord create the forest to burn? Like. Totally. You know what I, I agree. mean? Like, there's just this part where Christians just always think we're above anything that God has set to be the normal. Like, you're going to die. Fires right. are going to burn. There's going to be droughts. But we, like, always feel like it's a spiritual, you know, thing. Yeah, like, anything bad is not God. Or, you know, or it's like an attack from the enemy, Satan, or something like that. Like, as yeah, opposed exactly. to this is the natural world. This is how it works. Through whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So I don't know. I mean, that to me is like the things I just, I think that's another thing in my heart that just goes, that's just a, seems weird to pray for a, f- to pray that God would put out a fire when, I mean, what happens if the forests don't burn? Then they don't grow right. right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's interesting how Christians, you know, they get on places like Facebook and they just stay in that <laughs> weird world of, I don't know. I can't say the and word. The- the funniest thing is that, I mean, it's just like, at the very least, Christians just copied Facebook way worse, and they called it Faithbook. Guys, I mean, I'm like, just, come on. Guys, I'm just seriously excited about Facebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> really, seriously, guys. Seriously. But this you got, like, come on, guys. We're supposed to be talking about the Thurwood album. <laughs> Can we get back to Thurwood, please? Dan, Please. tell me you were the kid in junior high that had the Colgate logo, but it said Christ. 
instead. No, I didn't have any of those shirts. Copyright infringement has been a Christian thing since the beginning. Oh, God. Hey, listen to this. Listen to this. It, it was uh, it's for me sure. Mega Life, the power of prayer. Instead of a Megadeth t-shirt, then you had JCDC, JCDC, Jesus Christ, Divine Current. Oh, my. I know them all, that. baby. No, I didn't wear those. I didn't oh, wear those, gosh. but those were real shirts. You wore it. ChristianTees.com. Yep. <laughs> Hey, this one was oh, kind of so cool. much they, money made they had a on a T-shirt that. that said "God's last name is not damn it." I thought that was pretty cool. All right, so the Sherwood album. I've been praying for this one. So. Oh God, I've been lift, <laughs> lifting it up in prayer constantly and daily. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, so everybody, make sure yeah. you check out the go to what is it back to the Sher, back to the Sherwood .com and you'll yeah, take you to the campaign and you can go pre-order uh, all that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, we Thank we you guys. we we do copyright infringement, but we make fun of it. So yep. I guess yeah. that makes it okay. It does, right? It does. What's the what's the website where they can go and support you guys? Backtothefuture.com. dot com. We'll just take you to the back Indiegogo. to the back to the Sherwood dot com. What did I say? You said back to the future. Back to the future. It's back yeah, to well, the Sherwood dot com. I'm just trying yes. to do the right thing. Getting old, dude. And enjoy our new album, which will be called Don't Be the Dick Priest Who Steps Over the Guy, Be Like the Good Samaritan. The fourth album by Sherwood. Bury your dead. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Nate. Right. Yeah, thanks hey, for having thank us. Thank you guys. For having us. See you. All right. All right, young people. All right. Out. That was Sherwood. Woo! It's good talking. Mm -hmm. It's always good talking to those guys. We've known them forever. Yeah, we got a little uh, knee deep in some theology. I know. We can't help it. It's like it's drawn to us. What kind of. Yeah, but th wouldn't it have been a little bit more boring if we just talked about just the album and what they were thinking? You know what I mean? I think it's neat when you talk to people about other stuff, and then people can like the music or check. I'm, I'm sure everybody can search it and find that instead of spending time promoting the record. I think it's interesting to hear what the, the artists are like and what stuff they think about. So, Well, I cool. think you're right. That even helps probably promote the record better because if you yeah, like the people or at least they're having a good conversation that you'd like to be a part of, right. then you might buy the record because the music's good. It's great. Matt, you you couldn't be any more different than than those guys as far as where you're at belief wise. What do you mean? It just seems like uh, from with spiritual beliefs and their approach with the Bible and all that stuff, it like Matt Carter is the conservative dude. Like you're, don't, you're the get, Bible thumper. I'm the Bible thumper. Yeah. No, like, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm saying when it comes <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> doctrinal discussions and all that stuff don't wouldn't you say you're the most conservative like uh, probably so yeah i mean it's just interesting I, to me yeah, I, I would guess. say more, matt's more like a rock and you're more like swept away by the ocean waves right you're like right. saying you remind me of sand you know like yeah i'm somewhere in the middle i don't know i, I actually do think uh matt was the last of us to be a christian yeah. So I do think his faith sometimes is a little more fresh and a that's little, a actually little, really interesting. A little more solid in the fact that it's still newer and fresh. I'm and a new believer. I think, I think that he, what came to know the Lord and has done a lot of self study on his own. So I think the things that he believes, he also figured out on his own. As opposed to you and I grew up in the church hearing a pastor saying this, this, this forever and ever. Not that Matt didn't grow up in church. He just wasn't listening or, or at all. Right. And now I think he's probably a little bit more solid. So that's why it's harder for him to, if you're going to talk about a big topic like hell or, or whatever it might be, that's just to go, yeah, I'm going to flip. Yeah, you, I can see what your point is there, that instead of, like for some people saying I had inherited all these beliefs and it's easy to shed this one and this one, I'm less likely to want to shed of a belief because it's probably one that I spent 
t- personal time and effort not inheriting but arriving at anyway. So I may have more ego tied up in my systems of stuff. Yeah. And then also, although most man, people consider me like the person that wrote in earlier, very liberal or, you know, like especially behaviorally and morally and socially and all those things, I, I'm, I'm probably farther out there than, than most people and you guys too. But just yeah. as far as my biblical interpretations, the conservative ones work pretty well, I think. And I would say too, Matt's the number one person that once he believes something, he'll argue it till he dies. <laughs> you, I mean, no, no matter what, I've been there. I've been there in the arguments with Matt where it doesn't matter how good of a point you get. He's going to say another point no matter what. And I'm kind of I'm similar to that, too. Anyway, one thing I never sway left or right on, though, Joey. What's that? Matt. What? What could you? What? The truth. When I'm reporting the truth, it's like everything's calm. Why Straight you doesn't. It's like, ev- it's like everything's right you in the world. You mad about your news. Why are you mad? I'm not mad. I just know that people are trying to stop the, me from telling the truth. And I think it's the enemy. Because the enemy wants me not to tell the truth. And I think God's wrath is going to pour down on other news podcasts. I, all I'm saying is, I'm not saying for sure. I'm not claiming this is fact. But all the other news po- podcasts <laughs> in the world better watch out. Because I got the big G on my side. Matt, kick the music. In a world. Where you're so badass, you can't even hardly stand it when you look in the mirror. <laughs> My name's Toby Morrell. This is the damn news. <laughs> Woo. I thought this was kind of interesting, this first news. And it got sent to me from roving reporter and BC worker, Sean Lieberknight. Nice. Yeah, I thought. Buddy was, Sean. Sean answers some of y'all's emails. Yep. He's a super good dude. And we actually have been, I went over to his house and did some CrossFit with him. And he is in amazing shape compared to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously. That's not like, too hard. That puts yeah, him no, in but, the, you know, you know 99% so, no, of the population. I guess you're right. So <laughs> he's just in amazing shape. <laughs> I want to do the comparison to me. <laughs> anyway, guys, this comes from vice.com. And I thought, I just thought this was really crazy. Leading anti-marijuana academics are paid by painkiller drug companies. Mm-hmm. This is kind of cool. Vice has found that many of the researchers who have advocated against legalizing pot have also been on the payroll of leading mm-hmm. pharmaceutical firms with products that could be easily replaced by using marijuana. Mm-hmm. When these individuals have been quoted in the media, their drug industry ties have not been revealed. Take, for example, Dr. Herbert Kleber of Columbia University. Kleber has an impeccable academic credentials and has been quoted in the press and in academic publications warning against the use of marijuana, which he stresses may cause wide-ranging addiction and public health issues. But when he's writing anti-pot opinion pieces for CBS News or being quoted by NPR or CNBC, what's left unsaid is that Kleber has served as a paid consultant to leading prescription drug companies, including Purdue Pharma, the maker of Oxycontin, Reckitt Vincaser, uh, the producer of the painkiller Nurofen and Alkermes, I can't even really say them, uh, and uh, basically a bunch of other ones. So he wouldn't respond to a, qu- a request, but this is kind of a thing where you're, you're starting to see big business, big pharmaceutical mm-hmm. businesses are scared that the natural thing that is going to take over their, their business right. and you'll be able to grow your medicine in your backyard. Like, it's crazy. I, I, I am not on board with... Everybody should smoke marijuana, and it's totally okay. I don't. I don't think I'm there yet. But I have smoked <laughs> marijuana. I don't think it's that that big of a deal. 
if it's something that you can do in moderation. I just don't. Or how about yeah. for medicine is what you're talking about here. This, yeah, this, is, no, yeah. this is a medi- but, people thinking that uh, they don't want to compete with their Of course, for medicine, I don't even think recreationally it's that bad. I just yeah. don't. I mean, I, I don't think. Now, it is bad if you can't do something in moderation, but that's anything, including cupcakes. So, I mean, come on. I, I, I don't. I, this. It, what's really scary to me is you're going to find out more and more with the internet and with openness and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, everything people are telling you is lies. Wait a minute. I could smoke one joint and it would be this much cheaper and I could even grow it in my yard and it would be totally organic and real. I know exactly everything that's in it as opposed to I'm going to go buy this white pill. Sure. Names that I can't even say. Yeah, definitely. You know, I heard on, I believe it was on Joe Rogan, he was talking about the, uh, like the partnership for drug-free America. It's like one of those things that used to make commercials or makes commercials, you know, like the PSA type commercials about drugs for the, you know, just say no to drug era kind of thing. And yep. that whole thing, if you check out its funding, is funded by alcohol, tobacco, and pharmaceuticals. Th- those oh, those are the people that funded the uh, Partnership for Drug-Free America, basically. All drug, you know, companies that like for people to, that profit off of, you know, people using drugs, just not, they just didn't want the competition, essentially, <sighs> from, that, from that drug. <laughs> it's just crazy, man. I mean, we're just, I mean... We're getting fed a lot of stuff, I mean, mentally, emotionally, physically, that is just kind of scary to me. I mean, it really is. It really is. Joey, I mean, you, 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 your whole body needs medicines. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I, I know this sounds crazy, but... That's uh, not really true. My blood needs medicine, and then my brain and my chemicals need medicine. Your kidneys. That's it. What that's about it. your lips? You salve. What about your back? Yeah, lotion. What about well, your feet? You have special medicated shoes or used to have to wear special no, shoes. You always used to say you had to wear the rock joke, cords. The joke was that I, I need medicine for my brain and blood, but that's it. Oh, I get it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, moving on. Hey, I've got a news story. No, no, wait. I didn't get to, I didn't get to finish my question to you. Oh, okay. On what, on what level do you think it's wrong if, for example, they do a, st- a study and there's a plant that you can inhale, whatever that is, through you know vaping or, or lighting it up or whatever, whatever plant that might be. Maybe they haven't even found it yet. That helps your depression. Oh, does that, I, not, does that not seem more potentially right? I want to say the something. the world that God made. Would, I want to say something, and I want it to be on the record. Okay. I smoke weed all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not deleting that. I I'm just kidding, make, obviously. Make your disclaimers. No, I mean I, I'm I'm with you with the marijuana issue. And I, I I would say the only thing that I struggle with, because we the three of us do put a lot of stock in God's word, and it seems like there is a precedence for soundness of mind and not getting drunk. As far as getting high, it seems like getting high would be on the same par with getting drunk. But I, I agree. I don't think it's as big as a deal as we make it out. And one thing I do get frustrated about is when Christians say, well, it's against the law. I'm like, oh, my Lord, please don't get me started on how many things you break the law right. daily. Plus, Come it's going to be less against the law everywhere in any no time. Right. I mean, forget right. it. So then what do you do, you know? Totally. Yeah, they won't be able to say, oh, it's against the law. So, so upon leaving. Hey, I'm not done. Okay. This is my news. Well, you you got to run your news stories by me first. <laughs> yeah, you got to okay. send them through. <laughs> send them to my email. So, so my coworker hey, just Go ahead. Uh, I guess I have to let you. Yep. Yep. So What's, my the name of your podcast is Pot Smoking Pastor with <laughs> with, with, with while and out answers. <laughs> he has the answers but he can't think he of can't them. Can't remember. <laughs> but he's eating. 
No wonder you eat so much pizza. We finally found the reason. Can I move on with my story? I've got a really good story. It's not going to be good. You didn't run it by me. You didn't go follow protocol. You gotta, yeah, you got to follow the protocol and go well, to the proper okay, channel. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll follow protocol if you let me do this news story right now, and then you need to tell me, yeah, you should have followed protocol. But I guarantee you, I'm going to blow this out of the All way. All right, go for it. Okay, this is going right. to be maybe the worst thing that's ever happened. All You've right. done news stories before. This one will be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen. No chance that there will be any joy, <laughs> any truth, any life changing experience. William Billy O'Donnell said that as he and one of his colleagues were walking out of Dunkin' Donuts, they noticed a worker had written "Black Lives Matter" on the side of his coworker's cup. O'Donnell took a picture of it, messaged and posted with an account of what happened on Facebook. Upon leaving. This police officer noticed that the girl that was already rude to him had written on his Dunkin' Donuts cup, Black Lives Matter. Providence Fraternal Order of Police Vice President Mike Lamondi called the behavior unacceptable. He further stated that what happened does not appear to be a reflection on the owner of the Dunkin' Donuts location, but the action of a single employee. However, it was immediately clear what, if any action, might be taken to deal with the incident. So can you believe this guy? Oh my <laughs> lord! Oh, I, the only reason you care about this is somebody messed with food. <laughs> That's it. You don't even care about the meaning so, behind it listen, or anything. Listen, listen. So there is a police officer that walked into. I can't Dunkin believe I Donuts. allowed this. There's a police officer and the I'm person. Gonna, I'm gonna next time you're doing announcements at our church. I'm gonna say, "Hey, I, I got an announcement." <laughs> um, uh, 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 um, next week, oh, uh, we'll be playing. Uh, he is risen. <laughs> That's what you just did to me. Next time you're doing announcements at our church, I'm busting up in there. I like the. Uh, this is gonna be good. Oh, no, trust me, this is gonna be a serious. Well, uh, guys, uh, seriously, uh. Exit. Uh, there's an there's exit that you can take. There's two exits. Uh, one's like over there. So, guys, what do you think? Uh, this is a police officer that, for all knowledge purposes, this this Dunkin' Donut worker could have assumed that he was doing a great job, was not a racist, was making sacrifices for his family, maybe had even been shot at that day. For putting his life on the line and wearing that badge, and instead he gets his coffee with it written down an assumption about this guy. Do you not think that that is just silly? No. It's just not that big of a deal. Why not? Somebody just wrote somebody something, wrote on, something the cup. on the cup. Yeah, it's fine. I was driving. <laughs> I was with my daughter picking her up from a flood, and I had to take the bridge and go all the way over the bridge and back over the bridge to get out of downtown. And when I'm coming back, a van had its window rolled down. There was a guy with his shirt off shooting me double birds. I just didn't care. It <laughs> right. doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, should I have been offended that my daughter was in the car? She could have seen this guy with his shirt off shooting double birds or whatever. That might, You know what I mean? It just doesn't matter. I think, I mean, she should be able to write whatever she wants to. I mean, she may get fired or whatever for bad customer service, but it ain't no issue beyond that. She should have wrote, written, uh, here's your coffee, Dr. Bacon. You know, well, yeah. I, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I think have, I think I, mean, yeah. I think at the very least it's unfortunate that today's youth just makes these grand assumptions. But anyway, that's your that's your no, damn news. No, and, uh, no, we have one more story, right? Okay, I just time. thought we'd end on a high note. Yeah, we're gonna end on a high note for sure. <laughs> we are in a valley right now. I pray <laughs> to the Lord. <laughs>
Jesus in heaven, get us out of this because you're the. I, without the Lord's help, this news is done. So at Krispy Kreme donuts. Moving back. This comes from Yahoo.com. Why can't blacks and whites just get this along? Come from, this comes from a real reporter, a roving reporter. From, that follows John, protocol. Yeah, he follows it. He sent it to my email. His name is Jonathan Tador. Thank you, Jonathan. Business fined $25,000 after Log shoots into man's groin and exits through his buttocks. <laughs> A Manitoba lumber manufacturer has been fined $25,000 after one of its employees had a log shot through his groin and out his buttocks in a case of worst possible timing while on the job. Judge Christine Harapike made the ruling on Friday after Swan River-based Spruce Products Limited pleaded guilty to violating a Workplace Safety and Health Act. The employee was working on an edger, a machine used to smooth rough pieces of lumber, uh, back in May, when the accident happened, the worker noticed a log had gotten stuck on its way into the machine and put it in reverse so he could adjust its position on the conveyor belt. What he didn't realize was a log had been added on the other side, sending it shooting into his left groin. I guess that means his left tex- testicle. And maybe under groin. the side, maybe. I don't know. According to court documents, the log went through his groin and exited through his right buttocks. He was rushed to the hospital where he spent five days recovering. Now, two years later, the man can't sleep, still suffers uh, from pain, and thinks about the accident daily. <laughs> so, to- sure. Toby, you can identify with that. You've, you've shot a bunch of logs out of your butt that keep you oh, up at the, night before, right? Oh, my gosh. I felt pain in my groin and shot logs out that, of my butt. That, that made and, you and, not be able to sleep for weeks. I've heard It's all I thought yeah. about for weeks, for sure. So I understand exactly where this guy's coming from. No, no doubt about it. It's not that big of a deal. It's just buttocks. Come on, Joey. Just because your news was terrible, you don't have to shit on mine. (laughs) (laughs) This is the damn news. I I think the Lord brought us back. I'm so happy. It ended on a high point. It was on a low point there for a little while in the valley, but that's the damn news. Right on. Toby, I'm going to just say that given the news is, it's definitely a lot harder than I... Uh, thought I, oh, wow. I've I've missed uh, the mark. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've mischaracterized you in, in thinking. Oh that, man, that your job is really easy. I and accept your like apology. That. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> uh, Nathan Koffler, Zachary McCarthy, Arthur Ramsey, Stephen Bledsoe, Samantha Marks. Uh, you guys, what's what's this song, theme song? Oh, is that happy birthday? Happy birthday. Oh, I know this one. That's Matlock. Oh. Jill Matlock Carter. Cody. I should have known that. I actually love Matlock. Cody Ward, Eric Hahn, James Lott, David Taylor, Peter Shervheim. Oliver Closeoff. And Danielle Midgley. We appreciate very much you guys being in the BC Club, batchristian.com forward slash contribute. Honestly, you're just insane to actually put money down uh, to to support Toby's stupid, dumbass damn news. Uh, and I'm sorry that you're you're, you're a terrible person. With it. You're a terrible person. But uh, hey, we're we're gonna be ending this episode uh, <laughs> by hearing from Chris Abbott. Uh, 
Chris Ab Chris and his wife has actually been in the BC Club for a long time. I met, I met old Chris him. in Houston, yeah, he, Texas. He really is a cool guy. And I, I I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Chris a, a little favor. He emailed me and his his dad uh is is has a, a furniture company. It's one of those family grassroots deal. So hey, if you're interested, it's it's a pretty neat business. Go to Jack Abbott furniture.com and abbott is spelled with two b's and two t's a b b and tell them bad christian sent you yeah a b b o t t so that's jack furniture.com let's hear from chris right now all right so so chris uh i'm gonna just take a super direct approach with you why in the hell do you help us out financially man oh geez um because uh, i can and because i believe what y'all are doing man yeah uh, it was such an epic um, uh, moment in my life. I was uh, things were crazy and uh, dark, and I was out there, and um, and then I had stumbled upon the the learning the unlearning blog. Sorry, yep. originally, yep. and uh, got to be a part of the um, the crowdfund, you know, yep. for the original crowdfund for Bad Christian. Uh, but yeah, it was just the you know the, the posts and the things y'all were coming up with and things you were saying. Just uh, man, they shook me up, and my heart would just. I was just broken, man. I was shattered over uh, the original post. I think it was on on, on learning because uh, it was so long ago. But it was just the one where Matt was saying, I'm sitting here in the library and uh, I'm not, you know, here's my issues. You know, here it yeah. is. Good, bad, ugly. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to manage my reputation anymore. And then just following all the comments that, you know, all the uh, followers and everything were putting on to Facebook. and. Yeah. Just reading all those comments, man, I just broke, and uh, yeah. it was crazy because I was, you know, I was going through stuff myself, and um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know specifically uh, being able to help right now. There's, we're kind of in a wild season. Uh, my wife and I like we're intentionally living below our means right now, so right. we have we basically have excess to help out. Absolutely. And do things, you know, so we can make yep. memories. We can go on vacations, and and we can sew into different things where where uh, where our hearts are led to. Yeah, so. well, it really is. It's it's cool, man. It's uh, you know, we we goof around a lot and everything, but it really does mean a lot when we get emails uh, from you. And obviously, not going into all the details, but just mm -hmm. where you are at in life, and uh, mm -hmm. just just how you consider us a, a part of. Um, you know, your, I don't know, healing process or just, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's a small part, man, that means a lot. So it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Really cool. All right. So, um, before we wrap this thing up, what we call mm -hmm. it, and you have to tell your kids and your wife, hello for us, by the way, so this, <laughs> this is the BC club, big three. So, um, you know, the, the rules are you have to answer these questions or we don't let you give us your money anymore. So your punishment is you can't help us. So, <laughs> so you, nice. So you, you gotta I accept. Answer, yeah, you got to answer these. All right. So first question, if me, Matt and Toby were all three hanging from a cliff and you could only lift one of us up, the other two falling oh, to their untimely death, which one would you lift up? <laughs> dang, dang. And you, uh, man, I, I got to cheat on this one because y'all, y'all gave me the teaser for this question, but I'm gonna have to go with Matt. Dang! So. <laughs> right, is, is, yeah, yeah. is it because you want him to learn emotions? <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> it'll be it'll be indebted to me. No, uh, no, no. This is a bad answer to an already bad question. Uh, um. Well, well, let, let, it, let, man, I was thinking, yeah. 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we, we, we can kind of continue with the whole Cliff uh, theme, but I, I'll try to make this one a little easier. Uh, what do you think is more amazing, the Grand Canyon or synchronized swimmers? Oh, man. Uh, Grand Canyon? Dang, man, that's messed up, dude. Those synchronized <laughs> swimmers, man. You know how much training goes into that? <laughs> I do know. I mean, Chris, dude, I've lost a little oh, bit of respect, oh, oh, man. You know, my mom was a synchronized swimmer, so was my sisters, my daughters. Like, oh, my whole see. family is a family. Yeah, whatever. So the, the first question you killed, Joey, the second one you insulted him. <laughs> That'd be so awesome if my whole family was a family of synchronized swimmers. All right, last, last question. Uh, Christopher, what's your favorite curse word? Oh, dang. Um, I guess ass. Yeah, all right. That works, man. That works. And, uh, dude. Dang, man, that's messed up, dude. Those synchronized <laughs> swimmers, man. You know how much training goes into that? <laughs> I do. Know. I mean, Chris, dude, uh, I've lost a little oh, bit of respect, oh, man. You know, oh, my mom was a synchronized swimmer, so was my sisters, my daughters. Like, oh, my see. whole family is a family. Yeah, whatever. So the, the first question you killed, Joey, the second one you insulted him. <laughs> That'd be so awesome if my whole family was a family of synchronized swimmers. All right, last, last question. Uh, Christopher, what's your favorite curse word? Ah, oh, dang. Um, I guess ass. Yeah, all right. That works, man. That works. And, uh, dude, really, really is an honor to have you here and joining us and uh, letting everybody get to meet you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, keep doing what y'all doing, for sure. Awesome. Appreciate it. Good talking to y'all. Thank you, Chris. All right. All right. Love you guys. Later. Love you too. Bye. All right, Joey, man, good interviewing skills. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah, that was great. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much. All you people out there just listening all the time, just supporting us, just making this thing get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's completely 100% pitch black dark in your garage right now. That's where we're recording this podcast. Yeah, if you can, (laughs) it looks like we're telling ghost stories to each other. Because we've got our cell phones in front of us. I can only see a giant shadow on the wall from Joey's phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even holding my phone, you asshole. (laughs) How big of a shadow can you make? (laughs) Could you, in the right lighting, could you like block out a skyscraper? (laughs) 